Welcome to Sports and Stogies. Now, introducing your hosts, Cameron Winklewitz and Austin Hayes. Followed it loosely. Yeah, but you got to factor in. I mean, what do you value or what do you weigh more? You know, college career or pro? Right. You know, if you play one great year in college and have a great pro career, is that better than four great years in college and a good pro career? Maybe back in the day, but now that you can Oh, make my God, it's doing it again. I hate this chair. Uh, petition starts right now. I need a new goddamn chair. I keep sinking down below my set level. So I'm looking up at you almost, and oh, I'm like not a, a fan of that. Like a slow sinker? Yeah, I, I got to lock it in place, and now I can't lean back, and that totally ruins my mood right now. Is that like all of a sudden? Uh, has it just, been a, just today. So it hasn't been a problem? I guess I, I you know, today I, I passed that weight threshold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm such a fat ass that now my chair can't even hold up where it needs to be. I don't think it's that. I think it's more of just how long have you had that chair? Honestly, probably like 10 years at least. This is my high school desk chair. Uh, I'd say it's about time for some new chairs uh, in the SMS sounds good to studio, me. especially with that beautiful tripod over there yeah, waiting. We're looking, we're looking good in here. Waiting for a camera. Tripod set up, the new SNS banner over the window. We got the rest of your stuff hung up, your new uh, neon cigar light sign. The brownies light up emblem logo thing. I'm this here for it. This place is set up for video, Bob. Man, we're set. The only thing is, I think wardrobe has to change a little bit. Uh, we can accommodate. I'm wearing sure. basketball shorts and a Slayer tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Comfy, but not great. We'll probably for, be uh, more in the the slacks and yeah, the, dress up a little bit. Yeah, give off the right vibe. The only problem is right now I only have a light blue T-shirt, and boy, my pits sweat. <laughs> <laughs> it does get a little toasty up here sometimes. Yeah, and my pits just sweat in general. Oh, that's not good for the show. No. At all. Okay. If I click on a podcast and watch a guy with sweating pits, <laughs> I'm not listening past you know two minutes. <laughs> I don't want to be that uncomfortable. Watch this dude talk and smoke. He raises his arm because he's talking to make a point, and just boom. There's a goddamn Atlantic Ocean in his fucking armpit. The ocean, some would say. We had that debate earlier. Well, on that note, we have a show to do. So pull up a chair, pour up a drink, and light that cigar. It's time for episode 21 of Sports and Stogies Camp. Well, we've officially surpassed the 20-episode threshold, at least in our normal. Technically 23. Technically, but we've passed that 20-episode. And what does that mean? Threshold. I believe it means we are in like the top 5% of podcasts as far as continuity and longevity. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. But do you feel uh, achieved? I do. But that's not why these people are here. Of course not. why they're tuning in. For us to toot our own horn? Nah, it's not no, fun. No. They want to hear what we're smoking on. I've already heard it, and wow, I'm a little jealous. I don't have one right now because You've your reaction. Before. I did. It's fantastic. I think I had one on the show, actually. I think you did. But you but. took a cold draw puff. Oh, man. I am smoking the Kentucky Fire Cured. From Drew Estates. From Drew Estates. And let me tell you something. Do you know the... F- I, this is the only way I can explain it. When you have the perfectly smoked pulled pork and you take a bite of one of the, you know, barky pieces, still got the bark on there, not the shredded middle, the bark, 
and you just taste that smoke and the rub and everything's just coming together, that's what this cigar tastes like. From the cold draw and lit. That's what it's meant to taste like. That kind of mesky barbecue smokiness. Some would say they hit the head on the nail with this one. That Wait was a second. They hit the nail on the head. I with was this gonna one. let that one go. Wasn't gonna mention it, but I might add that to our rules for the uh, upcoming one too many episode. We'll, we'll touch back on that here in a minute. Yeah. So again, the reaction you had was the strongest I've seen you have of any smoke yet. Well, I haven't smoked a magic toast in a while. It's true. Beer mm. about you know half an inch in there. Good draw, good burn so far. It smells great. It's oh my god. That's all I could say. Oh my god. I can see it in your eyes. And your pits, actually. <laughs> I've got a very generous gift from our buddy Mike Zimmer. He gave me a Davidoff, Davidoff Geneve Limited Edition 2022. Um, I don't know the exact price, but given it's Davidoff, it's got to be probably in the 30 to $35 range. Give or take. And so far, it's exactly what you want from a Davidoff. I mean, you're paying for the highest possible quality. Burn totally even. Great draw. And then flavor-wise, I'm going to read you what Mike said to expect. Oh, man. Cold draw was hay, sweet tobacco, light pepper, vanilla bean. I can see all of those. First third, mushroom, mm. sweet hay, leather, crust from bread out of a toaster, some pepper and cinnamon sweetness. Let me take a puff. Taking a puff? Mm. Not getting the mushroom. <laughs> but I I can kind of see where he's coming from. Maybe there's just something that... Yeah, there's kind of a... I guess maybe a fungal kind of note. Like a dirt? Yeah, a little earthiness. That classic Davidoff vanilla sweetness. That cream. Which I can never get enough of. Slight pepper. Not spicy, though. And very cool smoke. And a great smoke production, too. So I'll, I'll read through these as the, uh, the second and third thirds come in. But so far, so good. And I'm pairing that with some Redbreast Red Breast 12. Our first Irish whiskey on the show, I think. Yeah. Other than, well, I mean, we've had scotch and stuff. but Not a true Irish. This is um, one of my favorite bottles, actually. It's pretty unique. The uh, label says a rich mix of dried fruit and sp spice, which is definitely prevalent, uh, with toasted oak and sherry undertones. So, again, pretty unique, not like bourbon, closer to scotch, but kind of its own thing. It's fruity, it's floral, it's light, it's only, I think, 90 proof. It's a nice, easy sipper, and goes great so far with the Davidoff. With that, I would have tipped top today. So nice, nice little haul. And passed out our official business cards. The first give out of our official business cards. Yeah, where'd you get those from? Vistaprint, who was recommended to us by Greg Burke. Of Owner of Tip, Tip Top. Top. They look great. Oh, I love holding them. I love looking at them. I just love pulling them out of my pocket and pretending like I'm giving them to somebody. Uh, what's the exact wording on our titles? Uh, sports analysts and cigar connoisseurs. That sounds very good. And it reads good, too. It does. And it's not a lie. No, of course not. Now we're, we're definitely sports enthusiasts. Analysts. 
analysts, enthusiasts, either way. I'd We're say, analysts. We I'd do s- analyze sports. I'd say we do. On a weekly basis. On a weekly basis. On a daily basis, really. We do. We just record it on a weekly basis. And then Cigar Connoisseur. That sounds so good. It's not, again, not a lie. I'm by no means a master taster, but after smoking for over five years, I feel pretty good about my knowledge. Uh, let's... Should we pull up the definition of a connoisseur? I think you should, actually. Because I think... It applies to us. Oh. Lost your phone there for a I minute. I did. I did. I think it just means somebody who indulges. Doesn't necessarily mean an expert. Well, I'd say we both most definitely indulge. Uh, actually, it's an expert judge in matters of taste. So you were exactly the opposite <laughs> of what you said. Exactly wrong, but I still think we're connoisseurs. At least amateur connoisseurs. Well on our way. We're well on our way. Either way, passed them out to the first shop. Gave them a stack of, how many did we get? Like a thousand? thousand. Yeah, I gave so them probably each. 250. Oh, so you gave them a box? No. Those four boxes. I gave him like half a box, I guess. Yeah, so probably about so, 100. 100, 150, somewhere in there. Um, we got a great haul. Got uh, three foundations. I got the Olmec, the Tabernacle, which I smoked a couple weeks ago on show, and then the new one called the Wise Man. Got another blackened M81 Maduro, the Metallica stick. Got a new Espinosa, another LFD, 25th year anniversary. Mm. A lot, lot of good stuff. And today was a 20% off discount. In addition to my 10% off Mafia discount. You can't beat it. Feels good to be the king. Feels good to have connections and, and know people. And of course we have a our first in-person Mafia meetup this coming Saturday. Absolutely. Be uh, on the lookout for Instagram posts, Facebook posts. Um, I know they're representing us. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and take away the uh, event yeah i was excited for that but yeah we're going to bng cigar lounge i think it's in officially like moraine west carrollton give or take there's a north meetup as well but a little bit of a drive for us but yeah so there's an event on may 20th which we will actually be sponsoring sports and stogies on the i think there's three tiers of sponsorship we're on the third tier the lowest one of course but uh, honored to be able to contribute to this cause that we have here at the OCM with Southeastern, Southeastern Guide Dogs. Um, incredible work, and I think it's good for us to you know, contribute in some kind of way. We have the means to do it. I think it's good to get the show out there. Maybe, I don't want to say promotion because that's not the goal or the intent, but you know, there's going to be some attention there, I think. Well, every time you uh, you, you are signing up for... What, what? Oh my God! I'm completely drawing a blank. Like advertising or whatever, sponsoring a show. The goal is to get your brand out there, also. Yeah, there's there's kind of a mutual give and take, but I think that's definitely not our main focus. No, we're just glad to contribute to the the cause of the like we day. do with everything they do, raffles and all kinds of stuff. And again, it's all mutual. Like yeah, you yeah. gain something yeah. or potentially. But like, you know, buying the hats, buying the flag that we got coming in to hang up in here. I mean, we're just contributing as much as the next guy. Do you have their full event schedule for 2023? Uh, They only have the May 20th date locked in, but then they have another event in September at Stogie's. Which will definitely be in attendance for. Which will definitely be at. I think May 20th uh, is at um, Newark. 
Oh, it better not be on your goddamn wedding weekend. Uh, it's either mine or Jake's, probably. There's a 50-50 shot, I guess. Hopefully it's the one in between, because we're actually off work that weekend. Oh, yeah, you're But right. I'll be in the height of wedding, wedding planning, planning and, and getting everything locked in. Because you're at the end of the month? Yeah, the last and Jake's weekend. the beginning. Yeah. Oh, my God. You would think, being sports guys, you wouldn't plan a wedding for the opening of college football season. But to be fair, you did avoid the Ohio State-Notre Dame game. I avoided so. the Buckeyes in general. I think they're on a bye that week. That is true. So you're welcome. Many thanks. I appreciate that. But I do have to work that day, though. Uh, yeah, you're going to have to take the weekend off. Can't. Out of PTO. Already. <laughs> January 24th. A one shock. Man. Already out. Nah, please, I go to work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, with that, anything else mafia-wise, event-wise... Uh, we have an interview lined up with one of the directors at Southeastern Guide Dogs. Uh, Mr. Sean Brown will be joining us for an interview on the show on May 19th, the day before the event. Perfect. And then we also, I think we mentioned we have two interviews lined up. One yeah, with the locked owner, in. Top, yeah. And then one with the founders or founder and captain of the OCM. So, yeah, we locked in Mr. Sean Brown with the Southeastern Guide Dogs. So, looking forward to that. And locked in March 6th and 7th in Lexington. I think we're looking at the Maker's Mark Distillery Tour. Ooh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, again, about. check out the gram. Be ready TikTok, for Twitter, Instagram. Bunch I mean, of content. Yeah, we're going to be smoking cigars each night. We're down there at Jake's Cigar Bar, meeting with locals, just trying to make a name for ourselves networking passing out business cards here why don't you take this hey guess what i'm austin hayes of sports and stogies here's my card here's my card it sounds great we it sounds almost pretentiously douchey but not quite you know what's going to be even douchier what's that when you're holding a briefcase and you say hey i'm austin hayes of sports and stogies here's my card that's my calling that's, I think, what I'm meant to do. Because we do have a briefcase. And nothing says, hey, I'm important, quite like holding a briefcase. If you're holding a briefcase, especially in nice clothes, especially if you have business cards. So here's a, here's a little tip for you guys out there. If you're going to a hotel, whether it's a Red Roof Inn or a, you know, a four-star place, if you dress up and you're polite, you will get extra stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm going to get late checkout just because I ask, and we look, uh, I don't want to say look important, but, you know. Mildly professional. Presentable, professional. Yeah, I like that. Dressed for success. You'll get upgraded. Next thing you know, you're in a suite. Extra night, points, free breakfast. There's a lot of things. If you just look the part and ask, you'll get hooked up with. Next thing you know. Try it. I'm telling me you. Me and you, Valentine's suite. Whew. The old heart-shaped uh, jacuzzi. And bed. One bed. Oh, well, naturally. <laughs> it's going to be cold in the beginning of March. Now you got to huddle together for warmth. <laughs> uh, definitely don't check the gram for those picks. Those are <laughs> our private collection here at SNS. <laughs> well, with that, there is some sports to talk about, and we have a couple of fan questions. Starting off with, let's see, I, I, we might go uh, change the order up here. I agree. Um, This is from... Let's go with the Bills one. That would be a collection of my buddy Calvin and Alex. Uh, they That kind of blends their questions together. Alex's question was, what do the Bills need to complete their Super Bowl roster? 
And Calvin's was, is the Bills Super Bowl window closing? I, they kind of go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Same type of question. So, what do you think? Is their window closing? We'll start there. And if it is, what do they need to open it back up? I think as long as you have Josh Allen, the window is still open. They had a lot of injuries this year, especially down the stretch. That's that's kind of what I was going to say. Is yeah, I mean, Von Miller out. They, had, they lost um, Tredavious White and... The safety, I forget his Poyer. name. Poyer. At the during the Bengals game. And so, they lost them. They had them gone for most of the year. Yeah, a lot of lot of rough injuries there. Full health Bills, still a great team. Still a contender. And I do think they need a, a true number two wideout. Yeah. Because this year, at least, Gabe Davis really kind of regressed. Maybe he was so high on his... Um, he didn't really regress. Yeah, I was going to say. I think maybe his playoff game last year against the Chiefs. Yeah, really, it just set him. You know, skyrocketed. And don't his get stock. me wrong; that was a great game. Nothing against that. And he's had some great games this year. But he's a, the definition of like a feast and famine exactly. kind of guy. And that may not necessarily be his fault. I mean, not every game can you get a ninety-five yard touchdown. It's partially they have fifteen guys they spread the ball to, but that could mean also if they had a true number two. They would go to him more often. That's true. But even then against the Bengals, even Diggs only got like five targets, six targets. Uh, I think he had ten. He just only caught four. Oh, good God. Yeah. Well, I take it back then. Yeah. But yeah, I think as long as Allen's there, the window is open. McDermott's a great coach. So come back next year healthy. A lot of people calling get old Dougie McDermott out. Overrated? Sean McDermott. Yeah, Dougie McDermott is a... Uh, Dougie McBuckets, that's yeah, right. Dougie yeah, Dougie Buckets. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you can't separate. There's only one McDermott in your mind. Exactly. Yeah, I think maybe losing Brian Dayball as coordinator had a bigger effect than people thought. Because, again, we said it all year, their entire offense is pretty much based on Allen just making plays. Is Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, he goes out there, hey, we want to run the ball. Well, Josh Allen's going to lead in rushing attempts. Hey, we want to throw the ball. Well, Josh Allen's our quarterback. Next thing you know, hey, we want to receive the ball. Well, Josh Allen, throw to yourself. He probably could do it. I don't think he's fast enough. He'd have to lob that up there, but I do think he's athletic enough to catch over some cornerbacks. He's a uh, contested catch kind of guy. Exactly. Yeah, the running game really isn't great. I don't think Singletary and James Cook is really the answer there. I think if they had a good running game... I think that's really their one downfall. That helps Don't get me wrong. I think, obviously, injuries and stuff on their defense played a big part this year. But I think if they had a run game and they weren't so one-dimensional, they would be unstoppable. Because everybody tells you, a run, game's op- a run game opens up the pass game, a pass game opens up the run game. If you only have one, nothing gets opened up. Except a, I mean, look a at 20, the box. except a 25-yard rush from Josh Allen every now and again. Having to scramble for his life. I don't know. What do you think? Window open? Closed? Closing? Same thoughts? Uh, probably same thoughts, yeah. I think with defensive injuries and stuff, obviously that played a big part. Uh, they had virtually no pass rush, even though they did have an all-pro on the D-line still. Yeah, Ed Oliver is still a great player. But just one... You know, you need an end. It's harder for a DT to 
actually get in there and make a difference. They're mostly all pro DTs, normally just absorb offensive linemen, uh, unless you're Aaron Donald, obviously. But, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're one or two pieces away. I think it starts at running back and then swiftly moves to keeping guys healthy. And even then, enforcing our Josh Allen point, I think you saw it this year, and their losses was when Josh made a lot of mistakes. Or just wasn't super efficient. Yeah. I mean, if he doesn't run 100 yards, they have 20 yards rushing. If he doesn't throw 300 yards and three touchdowns, they score 10 points. So Another quarterback, I can't call it a controversy, maybe more of a question, is Brock Purdy the man in San Francisco? Oh, is he their man. best option going forward? Is he the only option going I mean, forward? Realistically, we don't know what Trey Lance is capable of. Uh, his sample size is very small, even, but... I will say the games he did play, I wasn't like, oh man, that's my guy, you know? It was just kind of like, you know, we'll wait to see what he can do next game. And then, you know, with the bad weather in Chicago this year, nobody played great that game. Not a good sample size this year. So. And he was pre Christian McCaffrey, Niners quarterback. That definitely would have helped his case a little bit more, having that weapon back there next to him. <coughs> oh, 100%. That would help anyone back there. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, time will tell. I mean, if, if Brock Purdy wins a Super Bowl, I don't think there's any chance anyone else has the job. Even I'd, if he loses to the Eagles. Yeah, even he's if what, he... He's, what, 11-0 now? Yeah, 9-0. Uh, 9-0? Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't play great against Dallas, but he no, got the, job, he got the done. job done. And that's all they've asked for. Jimmy G's definitely gone. 100%. That's a given. So, yeah, it's Trey Lance or Brock, Brock Birdie. Really, I mean, I think Trey Lance would make their offense even wilder than it is. Just with the rushing upside. But, at the end of the day, if you have that, you're taking away from someone. Yeah. Scheming that. Yeah. So... If you want to keep Debo, IU, Kittle, and McCaffrey all happy, Brock Purdy's probably your way to go. I think they're all happy when they're winning. Oh, that's true. Regardless of that's true. Know, personal production. That's true. Well, I know they all I think they all have incentive based contracts. Uh yeah, Niners are pretty heavy with that altogether. So I'd say they're all definitely maybe in the in the back of their mind they're thinking, you know, Trey Lance had fifteen rushes this game. I could have had six of those McCaffrey's like well I could have the other seven so what's going on yeah I mean you got a quarterback on his rookie deal which I don't know what the deal is for a last overall pick but it's team friendly I know that so stick with that for the next four years and keep building that team around him maintain the team around him I don't see why you'd leave that barring he just has a complete you know downhill slope and forgets how to throw a football I think he's Clearly the guy. Yeah, at least for now. And keep Trey Lance But the, the only problem is they put a lot of draft capital to get Trey Lance. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, I mean, the deal's done. I mean, things change. Yeah, you, you made your bed, and so, it worked out pretty well. Did you say you made your bed? They made their bed. Well, I've never heard that one before. Uh, you, you probably said that on show before. I'm, 
I don't think so. Uh, there's a first time for everything. I, I try to steal one of your old-timey phrases from time to time. I like it. Fan question number three involves the Orlando Magic. What moves do the Magic need to make in order to be a contender slash playoff team? So we talked about this a little bit pre-show, and you, you did have a good point. You said they don't need to do anything, they just need to wait. Yeah, develop the young talent they have. They're probably the youngest team, or at least one of the youngest teams in the league. I agree, but I disagree. So right now they have a team. The, the problem with building a young team up is they're having an issue that Oklahoma City is not having. Oklahoma City doesn't have guys fighting to be the star. So Shy already came in and made every like made it clear that, hey, I'm the guy. So the problem is with how young and unproven all of the Magic players are, you can tell they're all still fighting to be the star. Nobody's accepted, hey, you know, I'm going to be a role player. You don't think uh, Bol Bol has realized Paolo Bancardo is that guy? Well, no, yeah. I mean, there's there's obviously going to be some respect earned for Paolo, but, I mean, these guys are still trying to prove their names and get contracts where, you know, teams like, like Lou Dort, you know, he knows what his role is. He knows he's a wing defender. He knows he's Lou Dort. Exactly. He's not Paolo Bancaro. But, you know, like you got Cole Anthony who's never really had the opportunity to – He's been plagued with injuries. You got Mo Bamba, who's been plagued with injury. You got guys who never got the chance to make their name, even though they were high lottery picks. And now they're coming back healthy, performing well. But the issue is they're all very ball dominant. Yeah, like Cole Anthony specifically was the guy in high school, the guy in college. And now he's really not the guy in Orlando. Can he adjust to that? I don't see why not, but it's going to take time. It's just a mentality change. Yeah. So, I mean, and also right now with how all of these guys have been playing, they're like prime time to be traded. If they were to build a team specifically around one of them, now's the time to do it. So you're thinking like a, they could get the buddy healed, the miles Turner, you know, the Terry Rozier or Gordon Hayward or Kelly Oubre. They could get the, veterans that these teams are trying to shop for young players because they're all that marketable right now. So like you could take Franz Wagner or Mo Bamba or Bull Bull or even Jonathan Isaac after his debut or Cole Anthony or even Markel Fultz is playing good. So like right now I think they're the team with the players that other teams want and other teams are willing to shop the role players that they need. So can they build a championship contending team, keeping Paolo and trading some of these younger guys for more veteran role players? Absolutely. And I think, you know, you start <coughs> and see what, like, you know, the war, the Hornets came out and said they're going to shop their vets. So you start there. Which one of those guys could fit best with Paolo? Easy. You go to the Raptors. I know they want to trade. They're listening on OG Anunoby. Yeah, I've heard everybody on that roster. Pascal Siakam. Maybe up for grabs. So you look at those two guys and you're like, well, I don't know how much Pascal would compliment Paolo, but OG definitely would. 
So you look at that. You look at, again, the Pacers with Miles Turner and Buddy Heald. Both of those guys don't take anything from Paolo at all. So if that's truly the route you want to go, you have all the pieces you need to make that team. Or if some of these guys start to realize, hey, you know, we're looking for legacies, not dollar signs, then they take a back seat and then it's no problem. So it all just I think it's all depending on coaching in all reality. Like look at look at the Cavs. They had a young they they have a young team. And Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, everybody thought, you know, either they're not going to mesh well or they're going to be Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum of the East. And before his injury, they were meshing super well. They played great together. And, you know, Isaac Okoro and Evan Mobley and Jared Allen and Karis LeVert, all these younger guys were, they're okay with their roles. They know what they are. They know that they have a chance to build a legacy on the team with the team that they have. So it just depends on the what these guys think. Either way, bright future in Orlando. 100%. And probably another top five pick this year. It's gearing towards that. I think they're, what, 15 and 25? Something like that? 15 uh, and 28? Maybe, yeah, something like that. 19 wins, maybe? Yeah, below 500, obviously. Under 20 wins as yeah. well. And then lastly, talking football, who had the best pro and college career combined? Uh, my dad actually asked me this, um, talking about Roger Staubach, who of course won a championship in college and a Heisman, and then I think two or three rings as quarterback of Dallas. In the conversation for sure. But after that, I mean, he played in you know the 60s in college, I think. Who had the best overall combined career from college and pro ball? Off the top of my head, I want to say Adrian Peterson. Wasn't he very good in college? Strong. I mean, I again, I, <clears throat> I'll i be the first to tell you I don't watch a crazy amount of college football in depth like I should. Uh, I watch Notre Dame, obviously, but there's nobody really that's been from there. I mean... Tyler Eifert by no means wasn't successful, but as far as a legacy goes, he didn't really leave anything behind. Yeah, I got a five-person list right here. I think are all, and there was probably twenty I had. I had to kind of narrow it Can down. You rank them? Are you? I didn't rank them. They're all pretty close. I think I've got a loose ranking, but it's not by any means set in stone. Charles Woodson, the last defensive player to win a Heisman and a top five, top ten cornerback all-time in the pros. Tough to beat that. Um, Orlando Pace, Ohio State lineman. (laughs) Regarded as the greatest college lineman ever and arguably the greatest pro lineman ever. Tough to argue with that. Tony Dorsett. I think... I, I can't remember. This article wasn't updated enough recently when I read it, but at the time... He was the first person to win a Heisman, national title, Super Bowl, and I think Super Bowl MVP. And again, you know, top 20 running back all time. O.J. Simpson. Yeah. One of the greatest college backs ever and has the single season per game yardage rushing record. 
Yeah, he had Still. like three back-to-back, like 2,300 seasons or something wild. Yeah, dominant. Hall of Famer. Same with Marcus Allen. I wrote him down, but crossed him out eventually to get down to five. And then even though only, he only played one year in college, Barry Sanders, who still has the single greatest college rushing season of all time, still has the rushing yardage record and touchdown record, and then is a top five back all time in the pros. No quarterbacks? Again, Staubach was in there. I thought about prime Cam Newton, won a Heisman and a Natty, and then... Yeah, but he didn't have a good Rookie of the year, but yeah, unfortunately, his, yeah, his NFL I think the career only one that I can see, quick. like, that's on that pace. Uh, I think eventually we'll be able to make a case for Trevor Lawrence and definitely eventually Joe Burrow. Yeah, both great and there. maybe Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Yeah, Burrow led the single greatest college offense of all time, won a title, and then might appear in his second Super Bowl this year. Possibly. And it's only his third year, might win one. Also, can we just t- take a minute to talk about how fucking awesome Joe Burrow is? Oh, I love him. He he corrected the one gripe I had about his game. Which was? His pocket presence. Last year, his pocket presence was horrible. Well, to be fair, he had no line. No, I know. But he wasn't, he was not mobile. I think he was still, you know, worried about that knee. He wasn't back 100% and still a little scared that he, because he obviously you don't want to go down again, right? So, yeah, I mean, his his pocket awareness, I guess it would be a better way to put it. Because it seemed like last year, whenever he was trying to get out of the pocket, it was always just too late. And he held the ball too long. And he held the ball way too long. Even when he did have time in the pocket, he was taking forever. But this year, completely 180 on that. He's got one of the, if not the best pocket presence in the game. Well, Tom Brady's still playing. Uh, At least he was. I know, but I'm telling you. Just with Burrow's mobility and his pocket presence now, uh, it's going to be Burrow versus Mahomes for a long time. I I can't wait. This is like... Manning and Brady 2.0. And honestly, they mentioned it during the broadcast. You got to throw T-Law in there, too. Uh, now, There's for sure. There's no reason why yeah. he won't succeed and that team won't succeed for the next, you know, 10 years plus. Yeah, I think a couple more defensive stars or and a little bit buff up the lines a little bit on both sides. Never thought I'd say it, but Jags will be up at the top with Man, them. We are in the golden age of young quarterback play. Yeah, Hurts, uh, Purdy, or Lance. You know, Lance is going to – I mean, either of them are going to play good. That's just a great system, right? You got Burrow. You got uh, – Allen, Herbert. Allen, Herbert. Mahomes is the Mahomes. old man of the group. Uh, you know, you're probably going to have Lamar if he can stay healthy. It's getting, it's getting inch Tua if he can stay healthy. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of potential Daniel there. Daniel Jones. Look great all no year. No reason for him not to be in the conversation. Plus, and who knows how these upcoming rookies will turn out. Yeah, I mean, CJ Stroud. Baker Bryce in L.A. Young. Baker in L.A. <laughs> Kyler probably deserves a mention, but I think Sam he's in Darnold that. Sam Darnold in Carolina. Carson Wentz. <laughs> and if it's not Sam Darnold, P.J. Walker. One of them's going to play great. Zach Wilson. <laughs> Honestly, no, jokes aside, Kenny Pickett. 
he progressed a lot. Huge upswing throughout the year. Watson is still young. Again, he's in the Mahomes level of like being the old guy now, but he's only what twenty seven, something like that, and should return to form next season. But while we're on the topic of these young guys, let's get into our NFL news. The first thing I've written down is they want to extend Burrow during this offseason. Give the man a blank check. By all accounts, it's seeming like he's going to be the one who takes the low pay. He wants to stay. He loves the city and the team. Now, don't lowball the guy, but if he wants to take a more team-friendly deal. And I'll be honest. I think he will love the city and the team as long as he just has Chase. Goes a long way. I think they can let Higgins and Boyd walk depending on what they ask. If they want team-friendly deals, then they'll take them. But if they want something that the Bengals don't really care for, I think you can get away with letting them walk and having Trent Irwin being your number two. Yeah, with that system especially. You can plug in any wideout two and three you want. And they might not be as good as Higgins and Boyd, but they're going to put numbers up. Exactly. What else you got news-wise? Speaking of contracts, got two more. Barkley turns down 12 mil a year, says he wants 16. That's doable. I don't think that's too much to ask for. And it seems fair also. Yeah. For both him and the Giants. For sure. Lamar turned down, a, a reportedly turned down $133 million guaranteed. Which is reportedly lower guaranteed. I believe last year, at the start of the season, they offered him 200 mil guaranteed. Now, is this a three-year deal, four-year deal? Uh, I didn't see you know what the, terms? the. I didn't see the terms. I just saw this is reportedly 133 mil guaranteed. He turned down. Uh, that's it for contracts. Do you think Lamar representing himself has hurt his potential earnings? Probably. Um, I really don't know like what players represent themselves. Not many. Or ha- what the most successful player representing himself has been. So maybe we'll, I'll, maybe we'll look that up. And it would have turned out great for him if he had, one, not gotten hurt, and two, you know, played like he did the first three weeks for the or, whole season. Or the first season he played, yeah, his MVP year. Yeah. Yeah, he lost out on a substantial amount of money from week one to right now. Now I got a little rant. I'm always here for that. Might get a little... Is this a Cam's Corner, maybe? This is a Cam's Corner. Oh, okay. It's about Joey Bosa getting fined. You were were heated about this earlier. One of the clauses on his fine was criticizing officials for like 16 grand. Okay. Why are you not allowed to do that? Uh, I've asked myself that many times throughout this year and years past. Like, one, the whole situation was just dumb. The official was in the wrong for sure. You miss a clear face mask and a holding. And then, while Joey Bosa's trying to get off the field because he knows he's angry and he knows he'll get fined, you go up to him and tell him to calm down just to throw a flag. Like, for real? And I guess it came out that that official is the same official that told Garrett Wilson that he's not going to get calls like that because this isn't college anymore. 
Yeah, I read. I read that. I don't know. I think. I think that official needs investigated. There, there, there has to be some sort of penalty when it's not only playoffs, but it's repeat offenses that you're basically taunting players as an official. That's not right. Yeah, the entire system almost needs an overhaul. Again, these guys don't do media, don't have press conferences. They have no accountability, really. And you can't hold them accountable. When players try, the NFL, Goodell just says, hey, guess what, 56 grand. Again, you can't speak out against the league or officiating or anything without being fined. And that's just absurd. Who know, We might get fined for releasing this podcast. Strong chance. Goodell might call us up and be like, hey, 56K, by the way. Hey, Raj, come on the show. We'll pay that fine. That'll work. It's fair trade. <laughs> yeah, overall, I, I wish somebody, uh, I mean, even like Bosa himself, next season, every week, screw the fine. Your owner will pay it. Yeah. Call out shit like that when it's there. That's unacceptable. Well, I think now with, with how popular like Pat McAfee's getting and stuff, and he has no filter and doesn't care, he has no ties to any organization other than what game day now? Yeah, pretty much. And you know what's that? Like he he can pretty much do whatever he wants. So I think he would be the perfect opportunity to give these guys a platform, other than the Kelsey Brothers podcast, which is hilarious. Pretty great. I I don't want to say I hope the Eagles make the Super Bowl, but imagine a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl. That episode of that podcast. <laughs> that would be awesome. Kelsey versus Kelsey for a ring. Yeah, I think another problem, too, is in the playoffs, they have like all-star officiating crews. Allegedly. All-stars. So you don't have a crew that's been together for 18 weeks. You have, you know, what, seven, eight officials on a crew that are yeah. all working together for the first time of the year in a playoff game. Well, I think that's why we see a lot of the misfall starts. That or just delay don't of care. games. Also, delay of games. Again, it happens every year. Regular season officiating is so much different than playoff officiating. They let guys play more. Which is cool. Yes and no. But you can't miss the blatant stuff. Yeah. Like, again, for that Joey Bosa incident, you see the fingers wrap around the face Clear. mask and pull down, and then he lets go, and then he immediately wraps up, wraps him up in a bear hug. And it's like... I get it. You want to let these guys play. You want the playoffs to be crazy and hard hits and you know stuff like that. And you want you know thirty five point games. But when it's so blatant, you can't let it go. And then at the same time, they'll let guys be physical and then call a phantom roughing the passer call, which can completely change a game, change a drive, change an entire postseason. Yeah. So I don't know what the league can do to, you know, have these guys have a little bit of accountability. I think you just figure out a way to hold a refs only press conference Something. every week. I know the NBA does like their reviews and final two minute reviews of calls and missed calls. Maybe the NFL needs something similar. Well, wasn't there I know there's been referees that have been like they're not allowed to officiate playoff games. Right? Not that I've seen. I don't I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of the NBA then. I don't know. But, yeah, it's it's getting ridiculous. And people are starting to notice. Um, I, I read that the referee announced for the AFC championship game. Chiefs fans are already very upset because he's a notorious, like, chief 
hater and has made handfuls of egregious calls against the Chiefs in multiple games. If you announce a ref and you already have a public reaction, that's not a good sign. No. and You shouldn't sh- even know the ref's names. There honestly. should not be any referees out there that uh, that fans hate. Because, like, legit calls, yeah, you'll get a boo during the game or whatever. But when part of the game, who cares? When people sober up, they're like, oh, okay, that was not a bad call. That was anybody that that could get called on anybody, right? But it's the controversial calls that always happen in the playoffs every year. And why can't there be a offsite ref in New York or HQ or whatever that can buzz in and make a call? Remember, like Saints Rams a couple years ago on that egregious DPI that went missed. If you had a guy off-site watching the game and sees that play, stop it, blow it dead, make the call. Yeah. Why Why is there an issue there? Yeah, I don't know. Roger, again, come on the show, Brand. Let's, uh, let's hash these things out. Yeah, let's talk. But outside of that, there was a great week of playoff football. Absolutely. Starting with Chiefs-Jags and actually a great game. Well, we're in the recap already? What else you got? Dude, I got tons of stuff. Well, talk to me, Goose. Uh, Bucks players and coaches saying Brady is done in Tampa Bay. That's the feeling I get for sure. Um, I don't know. Uh, the speculation on him is Brady to Las Vegas. And if Tampa Bay Brady was this wild, I could only imagine what Vegas Brady is going to be I like. I think the only thing we know is he won't be back in Tampa. Oh, yeah, 100%. Could retire. Could go to Vegas, could yeah, go he, anywhere he wants. He's getting frustrated getting asked and, all these questions uh, yeah. about it. Which I get, but also, I mean, that's probably the biggest story of the offseason. Yeah. Him and Rodgers, either or. Uh, we got D'Amico Ryan as the Texans' favorite on head coaching. Yeah, that was a matter of time. Just another guy coming out of uh, San Francisco. Head coach factory. Uh, the top suitors for D-Hop. Right now, according to the executives, are the Ravens and Patriots. Giants, make a move. Now's the time to do it. We got Dan Quinn finishing up interviews with the Colts. Now that scares me. It scares me a lot. He's a incredible defensive coordinator. Completely changed and, and you know rebuilt our defense in Dallas. I think Dallas needs to get rid of Mike McCarthy. Let Dan Quinn step up. Totally cool with that. Would love that. Then we got NFL executives saying Aaron Rodgers to the Colts. Can you see it? I can, but do I like it? I don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, it's Aaron Rodgers. It's so hard to picture Aaron Rodgers not a Green Bay jersey. I really thought he'd retire with him, but I don't know. I don't know. They did say they won't trade him to an NFC opponent. Good on their part. So if he goes, yeah, I love that. If I know he, goes, he, he also said he's opening to restructuring his contract. Uh, I don't know if I believe that, though. He said it. Now we can do a divisional recap. All right, yeah, let's get into it. AFC, Chiefs, Jags. A potential first round of many rounds to come between T-Law and Patrick Mahomes. Now, the game might have been a little different if Mahomes hadn't gotten injured. He got rolled up on his ankle, 
came out briefly and played through it, but he wasn't all the way there. No, you could tell he didn't want to put any weight on that back foot. Scares me for this week. Yeah. But I'm sure he's getting some sort of stem cell treatment or something. Tape it up tight, go out there and play through it. Mobility, though, is definitely a huge factor and probably his greatest strength. Oh, is for his, sure. You know, crazy pocket awareness and scrambling to make a giant play. But overall, man, the Jags showed up and could have maybe tied it or won if not for a Jamal Agnew fumble at the KC 10-yard line late in the fourth quarter. After a great return, what are we looking at here? You look, you look puzzled. if you have another tack laying around. I think we need to get some I cigar I, Some cigar. Son holders. of a bitch. There's another. Look on the, look on the uh, cord there. I see him. Yeah. Get that son of a bitch. <clears throat> but I do have another tack. We're going to pause real quick and address this dire situation. Oh, uh, all right. That's been addressed. All right. Sorry about that. Slate We're going to look at getting some cigar holders in here. And I have a makeshift one right now with a tack. You remind me of like the ladies in like. 1890 down south the ladies their, on the titanic yeah like with their gloves on and their little cigar yeah. holder clip or i guess they were smoking cigarettes at the time yeah yeah you kind of get that vibe well they on. had like those extension pieces that yeah they the just crazy ones the cigarette into so it never touches because they were also only smoking like the super mega newports that are like three feet long yeah, like virginia slims <laughs> and shit yeah but hey it works you got a little thumbtack in your cigar um, as far as the Jags go, future looks bright, right? Yeah, we mentioned them earlier. Should probably win that division again next year. Yeah, it'd be a little tougher with uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill back. Texans, I mean, the uh, Titans are always good, not great. Again, maybe the Colts go and get A-Rod or Derek Carr or trade up for Stroud or somebody. Yeah, and again, I know we can't write the Colts off. No, but again, they also haven't really proven that they deserve to be there. Like they the have, past they seven have years. the pieces. They just need the right coach and the right leader. Yeah. Leader meaning quarterback. Yeah. And then after that, um, the nightcap, a game I thought would be kind of competitive. The Eagles totally dismantle the G-Men. Same thing there. Future looks bright in New York, but came to a abrupt and not competitive end in Philly. Jalen Hurts. No question mark there after the uh, the injury, week-long break off the bye week. Eagles keep on rolling. Nothing lost there. Uh, Bengals-Bills, again, uh, Bills just didn't show up to play. Yeah, I thought the Bengals would win, but not in that totally dominating fashion on all sides of the ball. Yeah. I know they, they kept talking about uh, Joe Burrow and Josh Allen, like, when they were looking a certain way, but they were going to throw it a different way, the defenders can't reset and recuperate because of the snow. They couldn't regain their footing. And every time Josh Allen did that, he just overthrew. Burrow was right on the money, but Josh Allen just overthrew. Burrow, scary moment when he got rolled up on, but I think the snow there really helped out where he just kind of slid and his legs went up yeah. instead of getting rolled on top of. Yeah, that was big. I have to mention this. Our buddy Jake actually had maybe the single worst take I've ever heard as my chair sinks yet again. <laughs> I noticed it that time. Just Jake lock it, said, man. it's locked for now at least. Jake asked the question, 
what if DeMar Hamlin actually died and the league put in a fake to cover up the fact that a player died on the field? Dude, that's actually like a huge thing going on right now. Is that out there? Yeah. I haven't seen it besides so what he mentioned. It's all over the Twitter world, obviously, where, you know, tinfoil hat guys live. But the point they make is no one has seen his face uncovered yet. Every picture he's posted and at the game, his face was covered. There's no way, right? There, there's no way. There's The league, one, like, couldn't pull it off. He even posted one because somebody painted a mural for him in Buffalo. Which yeah. A beautiful mural, by the way. But he posted it with a picture there, but he still had like a, like a ski mask on. Really? One of those like uh, oval opening ones. Yeah, yeah. Where that says, is a little weird. It's maybe. a little weird. But come but, on, the guy had a serious medical issue on national and TV. And it's freezing cold in Buffalo. Yeah. Like, and again, you think the league could pull that off? Silence his family, his team. You think his teammates would stand for that? Somebody would speak up. You would think. Come on, man. There's no way. Yeah, there's. Uh, but it, it, that, that's not a horrible take because it is very popular on social media right now. Pop. Popularity does not mean it's not a terrible take. Oh, okay. Well, it's not. It's a horrible take. It's not completely outrageous that he would bring it up. Okay, I thought that's fair. I thought he came up with that himself. I no, should have no, known no, better. No, no. That's actually a theory out there. Very odd and improbable, and I don't believe it whatsoever. Next year, we'll know for sure. Damar, show your face, man. <laughs> <laughs> Shut these guys up on Twitter. Be overall, I mean, Joey B and the Bengals getting the job done yet again. They are my Super Bowl pick, as stated weeks ago. I really want to be a Bengals fan. Especially after my Cowboys, which you know we'll touch on here in two minutes, if that. The guy's so badass. Joe Cool, Joe Shiesty, he got the nickname for a reason. Oh, I love Joe Burrow. And again, I respect talent where it's at. And people label me as a Bengals hater just because I criticize them. Because you're realistic. Yeah, I, I mean, I can be critical and still not be a hater. I think people, the reason why people don't see that and they, they think it's hating is because, like sports analysts now, like on TV, it's very obvious that they're not just being critical and that they are being haters. But I'm realistic, and I always have been. Being a Browns fan, you, you're, you're one of two things. An alcoholic Depressed. or realistic. Okay, <laughs> that's. I, I I went with the realistic <laughs> swing on that. <laughs> that's, uh, yes, that's the right choice for sure. Yeah, but get down and dirty on your Cowboys. I know this is Austin's corner right now. Before that, I got to mention Bengals O line totally showed up with yeah, three that, men down. Uh, that was that, the biggest um, question. Guy they slid over to tackle. Don't know his name, but uh, Carver. Something, something Carver maybe. Played great. He did. Even and with no Von Miller, they held the Bills D-line to nothing. Yeah. Like th- maybe two pressures, three and pressures. And a team that I think is 29th in rushing on the year. Mixon put up over 100. They ran for like 170 as a team. Uh, yeah, one of the few times. And closed Mixon, the game out. One of the few times Mixon carries 20 plus times. Yeah. They were up late in bad weather. You're going to hand the ball off, of course. Got to. They got it done. They did. With ease. Oh, man. All right. And Dallas. Now. Calm down, Bruce. <laughs> I'm so 
done with the Cowboys, man. I'm done with Dak. I've defended him for, I don't know, five years at this point, it seems like. Uh, that would probably be correct. I never loved, I never got, loved McCarthy. He's still got, what, two on his contract? That's the biggest issue. Uh, McCarthy needs to go. Kellen Moore, I don't know. He has He's inconsistent. He'll call a great game and then call some stupid shit the next week and cost him a win. I don't even know, man. It's just, it's the same story. They play good enough to be in the game just to lose in a heartbreaking fashion and find a brand new way to lose. What the hell was that last play? <laughs> First way, it should have been over before that. You know what that Dak last... took a safety in the end zone that the guy pulled up on when he easily could have ended the game right there. You know what that play was? That last play? Let's see if we can get Zeke hurt. Pretty much. Before that, Dalton Schultz, two completely non-effort plays. He caught a ball, ran out of bounds, but stopped going forward, so the clock kept running. Could you drink any louder? just wanted to let you calm down a little bit. Did that come up on mic? Could you guys hear that? I hope so. How is that? Are you trying to do that? No. Nobody drinks that loudly. I mean, uh, you got to slurp them, man. Do it again. Closer to mic. Okay. Get the full effect here. That's how you usually drink. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I feel bad for your fiance. Are you done? Yeah. Continue. Dalton Schultz, dude. You got to go, too. Oh, wow. Got to go. Embarrassing. <clears throat> Wide open catch after that play that he decided not to put his second foot down for, which cost him 20 yards. Yeah, that was... I get it. Did you think they wouldn't look? Like, oh, it's so obvious I caught the ball. I'm not even going to try. I just think I don't even know. He was probably more focused on getting out of bounds. I don't know. You're a professional, dude. You've been playing football your entire life. Make the fucking catch. A fun fact, he actually started his freshman year in college. That is fun. That's great. Thanks for that. That'll, <laughs> that'll brighten kidding. my mood. Fun factoid of the day right there. Here's a fun factoid. Honestly, the last play, it was funny. Yes, it didn't it, matter. It didn't. I mean, no team has an 80-yard touchdown play drawn up. But this one was especially embarrassing. Uh, I've seen Andy Dalton throw a couple Hail Marys for Okay, touchdowns. well, Dak can't throw 85 yards in the air. I've seen uh, Aaron Rodgers. Let me Hail take a Mary puff. Specialist. i got to take a puff and a sip real quick. Um, but, yeah, the that last play, man, I don't know what they were trying to do. But what they, they have Zeke at center. What they successfully did was get Zeke absolutely mowed down, and then I don't even know who caught it, that pass. It was a horrible throw, first was of all. Was it Noah Brown? Or was it CeeDee Lamb? Uh, it wasn't Lamb. It was like a, the fourth string dude. Like oh, well, he got man. absolutely hammered by the cornerback. Yeah, I don't know. That was... And, like, why are you throwing... Like, at least try to throw downfield. Don't throw a bubble screen. I don't know what who drew that play up. Why it's even in the playbook. I don't think that was in the playbook. I can only imagine Zeke standing there under center with the ball and thinking, what the fuck am I doing? What is happening? And Zeke's a great blocker for a running back, but he's not a center for a reason. Yeah, he's not going to take out a DT. Not a Niners DT for sure. So the main thing I come away with is this is our ceiling. With Dak, this is as far as we're ever going to get. Yeah. On paper, this team should be a Super Bowl, at least contender. Well, I know you had a little fun fact about Zeke, too, that you told me pre-show. Uh, I forget what that was he's like the second running back ever to cons oh yeah he's like the fourth running back ever to have his yards per carry 
decline over six straight years. Every year. Every year. Yeah. He's gotten substantially worse each year. It didn't help having Tony Pollard get hurt. That really sucked. He was our best, uh, probably our best offensive player it also in general. doesn't help that Tony Pollard's that good. What do you mean by that? It helps the team, but it doesn't help Zeke look no, bad. No, not Zeke at all. No. That's what I'm saying. Like It just makes Zeke look worse that Tony Pollard's that good. Now you have $50 million plus tied up in Zeke and Dak for next season. I don't know what you do. I mean, for me, you can't move on because who else are you going to get? You can't trade. No one's taking that Dak contract. Or Zeke. No, neither one. I mean, maybe you can find a team that's desperate enough to take Dak. Who's a Dak Prescott away from being a contender? Nobody. I don't know. Nobody. I'm just saying maybe. I mean, I know the Saints are notorious for loving having negative cap space. Yeah, they're in terrible shape. So maybe they they might offer. I mean, what? Like, let's be real. What do you take for Dak, a third rounder? If you can get it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, he basically cost him the game with those two turnovers. Yeah, that were his fault. Absolutely, that his first fault. one. I, I thought maybe it bounced off of uh, CD's hands. Nope. But when they played it from the other angle, it that cornerback just went for it, popped it up, boom. Fred Warner's there to secure it. I watched Romo put up points for years with no defense, and now we have a top five defense and just waste it. And look, San Fran's a great team. Okay, I'm, I'm upset that we lost. I'm upset how we lost in a game that we probably should have won. You shut down the best offense in the league, held them to 19 points. Not to mention Brett Maher. First game that Purdy's ever had under 30. With no points. tutties. Yeah. And you put up 12. And then, you know, to punt there at the end with three minutes left. You go for it. Go for it. What are you You're in the playoffs, McCarthy. Jesus. Yeah, I, I, um, I knew I almost put the Cowboys as one of my bums of the week, but I knew that we were going to lay into them this hard. Really, all they had to do was put together some type of fourth quarter drive. A drive. One. They would have at least tied and went into overtime. Even on Dak's first pick. Defense stepped up, held him to a field goal. Yeah. Saved his ass. All game, they stepped up. Saved it. Got pressure on Purdy. Knocked him off his game a little bit. Didn't matter. You put up 12 points. 12 points without offense. That personnel. Even without Pollard, which sucked, yes. But 12 points. 12. It's absurd. I'm done. I'm done. I, I Again, I, I want to be a Bengals fan, but I can't. I've invested 24 years now. Yeah, it's too late. you got to just ride it out, I'm man. pretty sure for that 95 Super Bowl, Jerry actually made a deal with the devil that said, hey, we'll never win again if we win this one. No, well, listen, you just got to wait it out. You know what I mean? Bengals oh, fans. Oh, I hope when I'm 91, I can finally see Think a Cowboys Super Bowl. Think about Bengals fans. But they didn't have the expectations that Dallas does. They were so bad for so long. Every year, yeah. if you're a fan of a team, your expectation's always overboard. After going 8-8 eight and eight for like... 10 straight years with Romo and Jason Garrett. I finally thought this could be the team. I was go back to our previous shows. I was in good moods, high hopes. I hey, thought this was the year. We them boys, right? <laughs> no, we're fucking bums as always. Always will be. So now what? Again, yeah, do you go draft the guy and develop him for 2 years? Hopefully. I mean, that's your best If I'm play. Jerry, I am at Tom Brady's house right now. Whew. Begging. <laughs> Begging. I'll give you anything. Jerry can 
pull any string he wants. Hey, yeah. Tom, you want Giselle back? I'll make it happen. <laughs> hey, Tom, you want another new 22-year-old hot girlfriend? Guess what? We're in Dallas, baby. Take your pick. You can have the entire cheerleading squad. <laughs> oh, man. And the worst know. part is, come opening week next year, I'm going to say, man, we look great. Talent's all here. going to make a run. All season, you're going to look great. And then this time next year, I'll be having this exact same rant in the exact same form when they lose the exact same way to the exact same team. Yeah. I've had enough, man. At least the uh, Browns. Uh, you know, you've been a Browns fan forever. It's been tough. Again, you said what? De- alcoholic or realistic? Yeah. At this point, I'm both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had to watch the game at work where I, of course, couldn't even drink. That was just rough, man. It's so demoralizing. They'll get it figured out. No, they won't. Don't, pa- don't patronize me. Hey, even the Jaguars figured it out. Jags got a bright future. Dallas doesn't. I think they're going to be able to retain their defense. They're not going to regress. And, I mean, who knows? Maybe you sit back, go with a rookie next year. Just who, depends on what you can who get. Who are you going to get at you know, the 27th overall? Who knows? There's always a guy out there. Maybe you go for a guy like Brock Purdy. I'm saying. Seventh round, last overall pick. You never know with some of these cats, man. I'm done. Take it away. What else you got? I think we're just going to jump into NBA now. Okay, I, I lied. One quick stat. Andy Reid, the first coach ever to win 10-plus playoff games with two, two different, different teams. teams. Top five coach all time, right? Probably, He's got to yeah. be, especially if they win another ring this year. He's got two. One with Philly, yeah. one with KC. No, that'd be two with KC. Well, if he won this year. Yeah. yeah. He's got two right now, yeah. Wish we had him. Yeah, I bet you do. We just have the same thing, but worse and no mustache. Uh, yeah. Fat-ass Mike McCarthy. Get out of here, dude. At least the NBA is a lot more fun. I hope Mike McCarthy's chair sinks in his office, too. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have one specially made. He's got, he's got a chair guy, right? I'd imagine like so. Piece of shit. NBA. Let's lighten the mood here, Cam. Let's start out with probably the... Most hilarious story of all time. Great segue. This will definitely. This is just what I needed. Uh, this is my favorite story and favorite comments, probably of all time. Shannon Sharp versus the Grizzlies at the Lakers game, and John Morant's dad, and John Morant's dad. So, uh, Shannon Sharp was heckling, like every fan does, and apparently Dylan Brooks wasn't happy about that. Specifically, it, do you have the quote? He said, you're too small to guard LeBron. Correct. Which is pretty basic trash talk. Pretty basic statement. Dylan Brooks hears that probably every day. Yeah, and Dylan Brooks later in a press conference called Shannon Sharp a regular pedestrian. Which I don't know what that means. I don't either. Isn't pedestrian already meaning regular pedestrian? Yeah, so this would be an irregular pedestrian because it's an NFL Hall of Famer, Super Bowl winner. And TV analyst. One of the best tight ends of all time. On the most probably highly rated show in sports. Yeah. So, hot take, calling him a regular pedestrian for sure. But uh, Dylan Brooks heard him say, you're too small to guard LeBron. And Dylan Brooks hit him with a, fuck you. And Shannon said, Shannon fuck said, you. Fuck you back. And then Dylan Brooks, and then this is the the rest, the rest of, I'll re- just read this Shannon Sharp quote. This is when they interviewed him at, uh, during halftime. Yeah, they, he said, they didn't want this smoke, Dave. They do all that talking and jockeying, and I ain't about that jockeying. It started with Dylan Brooks. I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said, fuck you. I said, fuck you back. He started to come at me, and I said, you don't want these problems, young man. 
<laughs> and then Ja came out of nowhere talking. He definitely don't want these problems. Then out of nowhere comes dad, and he for sure don't want none of these problems. But I want it at all. Don't let these fools fool you now. I love it. And it got lighthearted because T. Morant and Shannon Sharp did embrace each other and apologize. But I don't think Dylan Brooks did. Dylan Brooks didn't, no. But the Grizzlies didn't, so I can't wait for the next L.A. Grizzlies game. So I like to think in my head that Shannon didn't just say, you can't guard LeBron. Because my favorite trash-talking story all time is Shannon Sharp on the line talking to Derek Brooks. He just kept reciting Derek Brooks' girlfriend's phone number. And got Brooks to jump off sides like three times. So I like to think Shannon was looking at Dylan Brooks. Well, that, that could be a coincidence. Derek Brooks and Dylan Brooks. Maybe Shannon just hates guys with the last name Brooks. <laughs> Hopefully he was saying Dylan Brooks' girlfriend's phone number. And Dylan didn't want those problems. You would think. Did you watch First Take yesterday? Or that's first, Skip and Shannon, same, same show. No, I haven't. They had to address that like opening segment, right? Uh, maybe. I would. Either way, Shannon, uh, you're, we don't have a cool guy of the week, but you'd be cool guy of the week on SNS. For sure. For sure. What else you got, Chief? Uh, we've got, uh, the Rui Hachimura trade. Thoughts on that? The Lakers traded Kendrick Nunn and two picks for Rui Hachimura, which now has united Russell Westbrook with four of the players from the 2019 Wizards team that went to the yeah. playoffs. Uh, Thomas Bryant, Rui Hachimura, Russ, and I cannot think of the other player off the top of my head. But well, it wasn't Kendrick Nunn. No, it was not. Um, good fit for the Lake Show? Good pickup. Can spread the floor, but definitely going to help in the interior side of things. Uh, again, I alluded to it earlier, but the Hornets are taking calls for Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, and Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, again, great wing role players anywhere they go. Uh, Rozier can be a veteran facilitator also. Also a threat from the three. And then my most exciting thing that I've been so excited for for the last three years is Jonathan Isaac's return to the NBA. And how did that go? Uh, limited minutes naturally, but he put up a stat line of four for seven from the field, two for three from three, with three rebounds, one assist, two blocks, no fouls, no turnovers, and ten points. It's a hell of a line for ten minutes. Absolutely it is. Um, and again... Hopefully he stays healthy because I think he is going to be one of the top 10 players in the league. Whoa, top 10 in the league. He was one of the best defenders his rookie year. He was already in like top three on defense. And again, had a plus seven, plus minus in those 10 minutes against the Celtics of all of all people. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, he's got a very bright view. Uh, honestly, one of the highest ceilings of Magic players. Comeback player of the year next year? Uh, Maybe mm, this year? I don't know if he'll have the sample size for this year, but definitely next year. And, again, one of those players that they can shop. 
because I would love to see him on a team like Dallas. That was my first thought. Or the Kings. Sacramento would be great. Utah would be great. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't think we have the space for him in Cleveland, or I would love that. Maybe at the three, start Isaac, uh, Mitchell, Garland, Mobley, and Jared Allen, and then have um, Isaac Okoro come off the bench. That's pretty scary. Wouldn't it be a bad gig? Would make the second team better. Um, yeah, I, I I think this kid has such a bright future. Barring another setback yeah, injury-wise, yeah. Other than that, I want to talk about the scam they call all-star voting. What a what a joke. Uh, we have the official voted-in players. And I thought we talked about they had taken steps to make this process a little more... They did, but it didn't work. Yeah, it clearly did not work. For instance, Austin Reeves has more votes than Devin Booker and De'Aaron Fox. Absolute joke. And again, De'Aaron Fox and Devin Booker are the rounding out of the 10 guards that got voted in behind Damian Lillard, Austin Reeves, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, and Shy. Uh, I think Shy. Okay, half those guys are not all stars. I think Shy is an all star. Of course. Clay? Borderline. Get out of here. I think he should be lower. I don't Reeves? think he should be at 1.2 no million vo- votes. Reeves is a bum. Russ? Improved, all-star worthy. I'm not super upset with the with the front court. Just the only gripe I have is why Andrew Wiggins has 2.1 million votes, and he's over Paul George, Laurie Markkinen, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, and Demontis Sabonis. Uh, Kevon Looney shouldn't be up there. No, Markkinen and Sabonis should be starting. Uh, maybe I mean not starting. But it should be among the top vote-getters. They should be the five and six. Uh, Paul George should be the seven. Draymond at eight. I mean, the nine can be Andrew Wiggins or Kevon Looney, whichever one goes to the ten. Uh, and then in the east, don't really have any gripes. I like the east a lot, except Derrick Rose being over Darius Garland. That's a joke. Um, Darius Gar- And really... Trey Young being over Darius Garland and LaMelo Ball being over Darius Garland. I guess you could say Garland missed a little bit of time. Yeah, but, man, I love Derrick Rose. I do. But But all-star in 2023? Guy's averaging four points a game. Come on. He's getting like four minutes. He's not playing. You can't. And, I mean, it could be his last year. Okay. Doesn't mean you should make an all-star team. Yeah, and then... The forwards, I agree with all of them. You got Giannis, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Kuzma, Paolo Bancaro, which I love, uh, Julius Randle, and Nick Claxton. But, again, you know, I would take OG Anunobi in there. I think he deserves a chance. I don't know. The all-star voting is just such a joke. Can they – is there a way to do it without fan voting? No. I mean, of course, they want the fans to be a part of the game and, and influence it in that way. But how can they make it where it's actually, you know, representative of who actually should make that team? Yeah, I don't know. I also have this little fun statistic. It's somebody made a, a list of tweets featuring the name LeBron within the last year. Oh, God. Over of, under? Of analysts. 
specifically from just analysts. Yeah. So there's one with 700 plus. The next closest is 50. Wow. I honestly, I would have guessed higher than that personally. So take a guess at who you think the 700 plus is. What's LeBron's number? What do you mean? Oh, this one analyst has has 700. Oh, skip. Yeah. Got to be skip Bayless. Come on. And then with 10 plus, you have Stephen A. Woj. It looks like Shannon Sharp. Sports and Stogies? No, unfortunately not. Shaq, zero. Does Shaq tweet? Yeah. Vince Carter, zero. And a couple guys I don't recognize. Yeah. 700 you made your career off of lebron james you're tweeting about lebron twice a day yeah hey you know what he's more successful than we are well maybe for now maybe it's time maybe we go to a Cavs game when they play memphis and we get courtside seats and say hey dylan brooks you can't guard you can't guard mitchell bro rumor has it you're too small to guard evan mobley next thing you know not to mention lebron james we're swinging Next thing you know, we're swinging. Unfortunately, Steven Adams would probably obliterate us. I would be honored. Yeah, I would be too. Especially because he's a nice guy. Yeah. But back this team up. Yeah, big time. Uh, you want to go team of the week? Got any more news? Oh, we can go team of the week. Uh, the Lakers, 2-1 um, and one right now, playing the Clippers as we record this. Let me pull a score up. Uh, that's what I was doing. Way to steal my thunder. Well, I was going to have you keep talking while like, you know. The games are. They lost 115 over. to 133. So, two and two. Not horrible. They had a couple one point nail biter. They had a one point nail biter, and then they beat the Blazers by nine, beat the Grizzlies by one. Uh, huge comeback in that Blazers game. Yeah. I think they were down 25. 25. Point. Deficit. I think LeBron's biggest comeback of all time. Uh, probably, I think I read that. Probably. Yeah, not good for uh How'd your team do last Portland. week? I had the Kings, who beat your Lakers to start the week off, beat the Thunder, lost by one bucket to Philly, and then beat the Grizz without Ja. So 3-1, we'll take that every day of the week. For sure. New team? I'm going Thunder. I'm going Dallas. I'm going Sneaky Thunder. Pretty tough lineup. They host the Hawks, Cavs, and Warriors, who are notoriously a bad road team, and then go to Houston. Houston's sneaky. They so can put up yeah, a lot I guess could be. I'm hoping for like two and two, Give or but take. they could go own four. Who knows? The Thunder are just a weird team, man. The Dallas are Mavericks are on the road for the Wizards, the Suns, and the Jazz, and they host the Pistons. Three and one is what I'm thinking. I think they can beat the Wizards, the Jazz, and the Pistons. I think they probably drop it to the Suns. I think they beat the Suns, lose to Utah. Maybe. Three and one. I could see it. I do want to ask you about your Cavs, though. We're approaching the All-Star break. How are you feeling? Deep title run? Uh, Expectations met to this point? I think they can contend with all the teams in the East, but the Celtics in the postseason and the Bucks in the postseasons are just... Step above. So many just different monsters. So we'll see. Um, I think they definitely have the pieces they need to win, but it just depends on performance. And we are unfortunately notorious for not performing very well. But this is a new team. It is. 
with a new killer. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell has been lighting it up. Candidate. Uh, and also, I wanted to ask about the um, now that we're you know again at the All Star break, close enough. Looking back on the Rudy Gobert trade. Oh my God! After Walker Kessler put up a twenty twenty game last week, it I, looks worse and worse by the day. I think. I think at the beginning of the year, I said it was a bad trade. Uh, that was one of our first shows, I believe, or at least that I wasn't sure how it was going to work because I don't see a scheme they can put in place to make Cat, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell all thrive. And even while Cat's been out. It hasn't really worked out that way. Because, again, you Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell are not – their play style is not meant for n- not having five out. Yeah. Or at least Rudy Gobert in the corner mid-range as a threat. So the problem with having that one-dimensional of a – like even in the mid range, like pretty much every center in the league can shoot middies. Uh, in twenty twenty three, yeah. Like the last guy that can't that isn't able to, I off the top of my head is probably Steven Adams and Andre Drummond as a starting center. Yeah, but Steven Adams is a force to be reckoned with in the paint, where Rudy Gobert offensively is not. And I don't think his defense has made up for that. No, not this year, unfortunately. Yeah, awful trade. Jazz and to give great. up four first-round picks. And, you know, the players they did with Jared Vanderbilt, and who that alone has been a huge backfire. He was the leader of their second team. And, he, and an elite defender. There were many games where Vanderbilt in, you know, 26 minutes outboarded and played better defense than Cat. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Not looking good long-term. No, not Minnesota. at all. Especially that contract that Gobert has. Terrible. Massive contracts. Never good. Um, With that, let's go to UFC. What a great card. Excellent card. I knew it would be. Kind of sneaky. Not a lot of huge names, but, man, it paid off. We had Johnny Walker starting off the pay-per-view. With an electric KO of Paul Craig. Oh, dude. And then that guy gets even the slightest bit consistent. That's the only issue. The potential is through the roof. He could be a title contender. He could probably run the division. But he's just so, like you said, inconsistent from fight to fight. Yeah. And then I will say, you know, he did the worm after he celebrated. He does it every time. Even though he hurt himself, his shoulder, last time. I don't care. So, but hey, great KO. And then uh, Andrade murdered oh my Lauren gosh. Murphy, which we knew would happen. I don't know why they even made that fight. I guess being in Brazil, you want to have Andrade pull a W off. But props to Lauren Murphy. I mean, she survived till the end. Tank, dude. After an absolute ass beating. Yeah, that was atrocious. Um, corner probably should have called that fight. Her husband is in her corner. Yeah. And he said, I know when she's, you know, when she's done, when she can still go. I mean, she was still fighting, right? She was still and out I, there. I'll tell you what. If she would have wrestled, she probably wins that fight. No, Andrade murders her on the ground. I don't know, man. Andrade is filthy on the ground. That was war- She didn't even try. She didn't have to. 
They told her. Her corner was telling her, take her down, take her down, take her down, shoot something. Didn't need to. Oh, my goodness. No, I'm talking about Murphy's corner. Oh, yeah. No, she had no chance. What are you going to do there? They were screaming at her to try and get a take I mean, down. yeah, as opposed to getting punched in the face uh, oh, 150 man. times. Yeah, I don't know. Then the sneaky fight, which we actually differed on, Gilbert Burns with the new hairstyle. Yeah, well, I wasn't aware that Fro- Frobert Burns was who I was betting against there. Took down veteran Neil Magny, I think a first-round submission. Yeah, uh, you know, Neil Magny is just that. It's kind of the Gatekeeper. same as uh, Johnny Walker. Yeah. You don't really know what he's going to go out there and do. He's fought the best of the best. He's beat some of the best. He can. He's lost to some of the best. So sometimes, you know, you take a swing and you miss. And then Gilbert called out Colby Covington, which I love that fight. I do too. Hopefully Colby appears back in the public eye and actually accepts a call out and fights somebody. Because we'll again, see. Colby could be champ. Uh, if not for Usman and now Leon and maybe Hamzat, depending on where he wants to fight. I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast with Bilal Muhammad. Who should get a title shot, by the Dude's way. Dude's hilarious, first of all. Bilal? Yeah. Yeah. Love that guy. But uh, they were saying that they're, the reason why Colby isn't appearing in the public eye is because he might be suing Masvidal for that sucker uh, I punch. I think he did, actually. Yeah, so he's suing on the grounds of brain damage. Allegedly. Yeah. So you can't really fight if you're saying that you have brain damage. Yeah. That is this is true. But yeah, Bilal actually does something that no other fighter that I've ever heard of does, but he goes and tra- like he'll t- go before his fights, he'll take a different camp or half of his camp and go train with other fighters camps. So like he before his last fight, he trained with Habib and Hamza and Islam and all them. And he tries to bring back bits and pieces of that to his small gym in Chicago. And then he didn't utilize that training because he knocked out the guy he was fighting un- unexpectedly. Yeah, but he said, like, Habib's camp is crazy. Oh, it's notoriously insane. No, yeah. it's just so disciplined. Yeah. He said they do everything every day, yeah. first of all. they do, You have a hard spar, you have a light spar, you have conditioning, weight training every day. And it shows because look at the Dagestani fighters. They said they even have guys that are 19, 18 years old that oh, yeah. aren't in the UFC yet that would probably be title contenders. But um, he said every day nobody's late, not even a minute. Uh, they make you cut your hair short. Yep. Uh, he said even to the point where if you come in and seem tired, he'll take your phone for the day Yeah. and the night. Like you won't be able to get it until the next day when you come in. Yeah, they are consummate pros. Yeah, but now Habib's stepping away. He is. Uh, Bilal mentioned that, too, as he said. Habib said, one, he wants to just be able to go to Starbucks and yeah. get a coffee. He can't do that right now. And he wants to spend more time with his family because he's got two sons. That of he, course. And they said sometimes they come to practice and he's just like a whole different person. He is just happy-go-lucky, always smiling, wrestling with them. You know, just being a great dad. And yeah, it's tough to have that killer instinct as a coach well, or fighter. Yeah, and with how committed he is, yeah. he treats coaching as if it's his own camp. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's there with you every step of the way. He travels with you for the whole time you're in, like he was in Dubai. He did it for his whole Dubai camp. The whole time, Khabib's right there. Yeah. 
where there's a lot of coaches out there that don't travel until the last day. But, yeah, he's right there. He treats it as if he's training. But, yeah, sometimes you just need to step away. And I think the groundwork he laid, whoever takes over that spot for him, um, I have no worries about Islam or anybody else from that camp. Who And, again, the guys who you don't even know yet who will definitely succeed going forward. Yeah, 100%. In the co-main, Brandon Moreno and Figueredo 4. Unexpected. Moreno kicked his ass. I wasn't expecting a doctor stoppage, but I was... Moreno wanted that. Oh, he had... And the judges gave Fig one round. I disagree. I think Moreno was up 3-0. And then they called it because Figgy couldn't see. Couldn't see. But I was totally swollen shut. And there was a lot of controversy around that alleged eye poke but when they showed it, clear, it in slow-mo clear it was, it was punch. Just a hand to the face yeah no well even there. the the right hand coming in oh that one, one afterwards was, yeah but he didn't hit his eye it was just him pushing his face and even then if they hadn't stopped it didn't matter figgy was no. getting his ass beat anyway yeah big time he announced he's gonna move up to 135 yeah he's had a tough cut his whole career and he can't beat moreno and there's no, yeah there's no one there there's nowhere to go you know, now it's time for uh, Kai... Car France. Yeah. Who Moreno just beat in his last fight. Close fight. Great fight. Close, yeah. So they'll probably get Kai Carafance Moreno too for a title. Man, I'd love to see Mighty Mouse come back and fight Moreno. <laughs> Never going to happen. No. But that'd be great. And then the, then the main event. Wow. Jamal Hill, welcome to the party, dude. I tried telling you. I was a little worried just because his resume wasn't even that his deep. wrestling. You're out wrestling Glover. No, his takedown defense absolutely won that fight. Even well, yeah, but even when they did go to the ground, he got right back up. Got out of it. Great. Even in championship rings, got right back up. Yeah, I was worried about his cardio. No questions asked. Ready. He to went go. full five. And then props to Glover for being a warrior. He said post-fight he's too tough for his own good. I totally agree. I thought they should have stopped it before the fifth round started. Dude, I'll be honest. There was times where I thought they were going to stop it when Jamal like when Jamal had him on the cage and was just hammer-fisting oh, him in the head. I had a third-round bet on a Jamal Hill KO, and it was so close. Oh, my God. I mean, he one was, more strike probably would have done it. All those Glover, head kicks, dude. That's what really yeah, oh, got no, Glover messed up. So, yeah, he persevered. The man's the toughest man alive. Absolutely at, phenomenal you know, 44 fight. years old. And now we're going to get Jamal Hill against Prohaska, most likely. I would say Which so. should be an absolute banger. It should be a slugfest. I can't fest. wait. Yeah, both guys swing, switch stances, are unorthodox. I can't wait. Hopefully, Yuri gets healthy and comes back. It's going to be a good Summertime, one. give or take. But let's let's talk about Glover. He's retired. For sure, Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah, first He was in the UFC when rankings first came around. His first ever light heavyweight rank was four in 2010 when the rankings first started. He finished his career at two and never left the top ten. And I'm so glad he got the belt. At some point. At one point. Yeah. I watched his UFC embedded before the fight with, um, uh, um, who'd he won the belt from? Oh, my God. Before Yuri. Either way, he was, was like he was telling a story. Blahovich? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, when he went back to Brazil with his family, and he told his grandpa, I'm champion of the world. And his grandpa is like 95. He's like, of the world? Are you serious? Of the world? <laughs> He's like, I'm so glad. At 95, my grandpa, 
with me being 43 years old at the time, yeah. got to see me win a title. Only downside there, man, which I'm going to touch on later in, in Bums, the crowd let him down. Yeah, big time. Being in your home territory and retiring there, tough to see. And the retirements, too, Shogun Hua on the prelims. Tough loss to, honestly, a bum. But Shogun should have retired probably two years ago. Yeah. Again, Hall of Famer, one of the best of all time. To get to go out there, and yeah, he lost, but to retire in the ring in your home turf, great moment. I did see another little stat about Glover, and this is kind of more of a props to Rumble, who passed away. Yeah. But Glover survives like 250 significant strikes from Jamal Hill. It took Rumble 13 seconds to knock out Glover. No, Rumble had maybe the pound for pound the best pure power of any fighter ever. And Glover especially, who again is basically impossible to knock out. The toughest dude ever. To go down in 13 seconds, props to Rumble. Oh, crazy, yeah. Then a, uh, a great segment with Jose Aldo's Hall of Fame induction. They had a nice you know, promo video there for him. He's the first guy from this class to be announced. Probably plenty more coming. But overall, a great card in Brazil with some heroes retiring, walking away, and then Aldo getting inducted. Again, Hua and Teixeira will both be Hall of Famers here in the very near future. And then we're, what, three weeks away from Islam and Volkanovsky. That's going to be huge. Oh, I can't wait. My I, most I love that the, uh, the weight class Volk's moving up to or moving up from, they're having their interim title fight right before. Yeah, with um, uh, Josh Emmett and is it Yair, I think? I think so. Yeah, <clears throat> banger fight. Yeah, I mean, if Volk pulls this off, now he's at 155 with all these killers. Poirier, Chandler. I don't see Connor getting back to the title fight. But, man, either way, I'm stoked for that fight. Oliveira. Oliveira could come back and probably, stylistically, probably beats Volk. But hey, we'll see how he does with Islam. Yeah. Who knows? He might wrestle him out. So, oh, well, Coach, we'll have, a, we'll have a, a prop for that come um, probably three shows from now. Give or take. But with that, let's segue into our little cigar content here. Yeah, of course, we're due for more of that. Thought about some top five lists, which we, of course, love doing, haven't done in a while. We've done our top five starting cigar brands. How about our top five personal favorite cigar brands? Tell you what, tough to narrow down. I could easily do it like a top 25 list, but... It's a lot more difficult for me, too, because my range is so, like, broad. You know, like, you smoke more than I do. I pretty much just smoke the one time a week on a show, or unless we have a meetup, I'll smoke there. But, you know, with the versatility of smokes that I've had throughout this entire, you know, 23 episodes that we've done total. And then just the 21 different cigars I've smoked on the show. It was, it was a little difficult to pinpoint my number ones. And also only life. smoking for what? A year a and year. a half ish year now? Uh, a year. Yeah. We just, uh, your Facebook. Oh memory yeah. Just Facebook popped memory. Up yeah, yeah. Like a week ago. Yeah, so of course, I mean, this will change with time the more you smoke. Um, but before that, let's talk about this, the things we had today. Your fire cured. Oh, my God. Overall final thoughts. What do you think? Dude, it tasted like 
one that's that smoked meat flavor carried all the way through but then there was like hints of like some barbecue rubs that you use and it was just a meaty cigar man and it should have tasted like victory because i bought you that stick after a bet that i lost yeah ufc bet i think it lasts ufc and bet. i did go three for five which isn't horrible circle back to that i've got Ashford cash coming up okay yeah, yeah. on a rating for your oh, kentucky 10 fire cure 10. 10 for 10 oh my god the most unique smoke you've had yet 100 percent. gotta be right yeah there's really nothing like it out there no just that if you can find it and get your hands on one get it yeah only like 11 12 bucks and I, you can find them pretty much at any cigar store. I don't think there's a cigar smoker out there that doesn't like smoked meat. Yeah, I mean, that's generally a, or a, a anyone. thing that carries over. If you like barbecue and a good cigar, I mean, this is this is your holy grail. That is barbecue and a good cigar right there. All right in one. one. I saw one dude comment on the, on the Mafia page. He said, sometimes he'll smoke one of these instead of eating dinner. Uh, I can see it. And that totally applies. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm due for myself. But for me, the Davidoff Geneve, Geneve, I don't know how to pronounce it specifically, but the 2022 limited edition from Mike, still burning. I do smoke slower than you do, but incredible. Great burn, great draw, great flavors throughout. Again, the, the classic Davidoff cream at the forefront, a little bit of pepper, some kind of like roasted nuts. Impeccable. And it's a gift. You know, you can't beat it. Yeah, nothing better than a free smoke. Well, we traded, I guess. I gave him a couple oh, things, too. Fair. It was his yeah, birthday. His birthday. But, yeah. yeah, you got a birthday smoke back. Can't beat it. <clears throat> now, our top five personal favorite cigar brands. I'll let you start it off at number five. Uh, my number five, I got La Flor Dominicana. The Joe Burrow Preferred Company Smoke. Delicious. You've uh, had the Ligero, the Chapter One, which, to be fair, that one did fall apart. But still, great smoke. Yeah. Higher dollar, but good. You're you're getting what you pay for. Exactly. My five is actually Davidoff. Huh, a little lower than I expected. Yeah, I, I try to go, because I haven't had that many Davidoffs. Yeah. But the Churchill, you can never go wrong. Um, the year the rabbit I had for Mike was incredible. This one's been great. You're going to pay more. Again, you're probably not going to find one for less than 20 25 bucks, But for a special occasion, can never go wrong. And you're going to feel like a king, probably. I would say so. Number four. I got J.C. Newman. Might make an appearance later. Uh, I haven't had a stick from them that I haven't liked. And I think when it comes down to price versus quality, they're probably the best bang for your buck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. They've got a ton of great sticks under 10 bucks. Yeah. Like their entire brick house line. And their higher quality ones are only, you know, fifteen, eighteen, but smoke like a thirty, forty dollar stick. Which again I might touch up on here coming up. You're number four. Drew Estates. I haven't really dabbled with them a whole lot. You had your uh the, the Kentucky Fire, the fire cured, cured. But that's like a whole different yeah, so that's subcategory. That's niche. The Metallica stick. Yeah. The Maduro M eighty one Maduro black. Another kind of niche. Um, yeah. You could say that. We um, haven't had one of their signature sticks, I guess I could say. The Liga Privada, which I think we both had, the H99. Yeah. Great stick. Again, a little pricier. And yeah, then, honorable um, mention for sure. The NDB, 
is slightly infused, but it was one of my favorite sticks when I first started smoking. They do the acids as well, which I think I've, we've all graduated past that. I don't think I've ever smoked an acid. It'd be weird for you now. It's so infused and so oh, overwhelmingly yeah, 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 yeah. sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a great intro stick for sure. They have the uh, Java lines. I love that coffee-infused cigar they do. Never had a bad one, and all generally really well-made as well. Number three. Alec Bradley. My magic toast. Can't beat that. Yeah, I had their, um, uh, what's it called? It's a black something. And I got a new one today, which I'll probably smoke. Maybe I'll, I'll let you smoke next show, maybe. And again, bang for your buck. The Magic Toast is probably the single best cigar oh, man. for quality and price. Yeah. Anything else you had from them? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't know. I don't typically look at the brands. That's why this was kind of harder for me. Uh, that would apply, yeah. Number Sorry. three for me is Foundation. I had the Tabernacle, I think, two shows ago. Their Olmec, I think, was Cigar of the Year for this year by a couple of publications. I just bought the Wise Man Today and the Senator, which I have in the humidor right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the uh, Egyptian one, yeah, right? Yeah, I can't wait for that. I might smoke that. Uh, who knows when? I've you got so many to. things in the humidor now. But again, impeccably built, perfect draw and cuts and lights and great flavors and a good versatility and really cool branding, too. They got yeah. great bands and great boxes. So Foundation, my number three. Number two. AJ Fernandez. Never smoked an AJF I didn't like. You put me on. That was my first cigar brand. And you told me, hey, pick an AJF, any of them. You'll like them. They, uh, they might make an appearance here for me. My number two is J.C. Newman. Hey, yo. Some of my favorite cigars is from J.C. Newman. The, the Diamond Crown Black Diamond, 10 out of 10. The Julius Caesar. Very good. Maybe my, it's in my top five for sure. And it's what I plan to give my buddy Jake to smoke after celebrating the birth of his new baby daughter. Yeah, I know uh, Courtney said he's got, he was. Yeah, he bought a box of Espinosa, I think Lazonas, I believe. Yeah, he said he was going to bring him, but forgot him tonight, so. Espinosa, honorable mention. God, what a, what a, everything you do just warrants you getting a cigar from somebody. You know, it's a great, uh, great habit to get into. And like. They're celebrating his grandchild and obviously Jake's child. Correct. Not my child, but I still get a cigar. Oh, Uncle Austin, more than happy to partake in a good smoke. Exactly. And provide a good smoke with the Caesar. Also, the Maximus, incredible smoke. I mentioned their brick house line. Can never go wrong there. And that's all I got written. Oh, the PDM. The PDMs are, again, like eight bucks. Great value for that. Very high quality sticks. And number one. You know, I would have guessed your one was Alec Bradley. It's not Fernandez. I don't know what your number one would be. Davidoff. <sighs> Strong. Yeah. When I'm looking for a celebratory stick, the Churchill's my go-to. Um, I know come March in Lexington. Uh, that'll definitely, definitely be a Davidoff. Yeah, or a couple of Davidoffs, most likely. Uh, I'll probably if we're gonna double down at Jake's each night, I'll probably get a at least Davidoff two each night. Yeah, for sure. And then try and broaden my horizon. Obviously, I'm so stoked for the one again. of the nights is gonna be a Davidoff Magic Toast night. Oh, for sure, that's arousing. Is there a better combo out there? I don't think so. 
great bourbons, maybe an old fashioned or two. Yeah. And a Davidoff Magic Toast one two punch. Boom, boom. Ugh. My number one, AJ Fernandez. Was my first favorite brand and remains that to this day. The Bayes Artes, I don't think you've had yet. My favorite from them. Again, 12, 13 bucks for an incredible smoke. The New World Dorado I've had on the show. Um, the Ramon Ionis, the San Latano. And anything that they contribute to. Like I've smoked a Monte Cristo by AJF on the show. If it has AJF on the band in any capacity, I'm going to buy it and I'm going to be happy with it. And you guys will too. I agree. Any of these companies we mentioned will not let you down. I agree. Take notes. Go to a cigar bar. Buy one. Smoke one. Love one. <laughs> Write us back. Uh, kind of off topic here, but um, I know we work with some people that are fans and listen, I guess I should say. I, I mean, I hope so. Yeah. But uh, the uh, one of the value stream engineers... Uh, he was gone when we got our business cards. I went up there and just sat a stack on his desk. <laughs> what a power move. So uh, I meant to message him on Teams to see, like, hey, man, did you get <laughs> But I set him right there, like right right in front of his keyboard. You can't miss him. So, yeah, I, th- I just thought that was funny. Again, how good does it feel to read your name on a business card? Oh, dude, they're beautiful, too. We'll post a picture of them on the Instagram. And pass them out. And pass them out. Of course, to our local shops and anybody who wants to help spread the wealth of SNS Nation. Bang, there it We're is. We're right here. I know you uh, followed up on a lead. I haven't yet. Mark, you didn't go in there? No. No? Planning it? Yeah, I got to gotta, gotta go in there. I'll probably do that. I'll try and do that Sunday, maybe, uh, when we're off. But uh, Yeah, I want to plan a trip, too. There's a couple shops here, local-ish, that I think we should get out to. Yeah. I know um, Casa Aficionado, I think it's called. I know a lot of our mafia guys go there. Yeah, I definitely want to check out all the mafia preferred shops. Oh, that's the thing, too. Yeah, the mafia's got these new club preferred stickers. Yeah. And uh, badges are going to give out to the shops that we frequent the most, like Stokey's, Tip Top, hopefully Cigaro here soon. Yeah, hopefully. They're a little further north, but that'd be dope. Well, the guys up north are in that area, Planning so that, hopefully yeah. they... They get out there. Um, let's go real quick on some MLB news. We had the Hall of Fame class announced today. Only one guy got in. Third baseman Scott Rowland, former Cardinal, former Red, former Blue Jay. That's my boy. Yeah, my boy too. <laughs> Unfortunately, the first thing I think of when I think of Scott Rowland is 2012 Game 5, which of course was the Buster Posey Grand Slam. He was the last out in that game. Ah, had two guys on, and I believed every pitch. He's going yard. We're going to win. And then he didn't. He didn't. That's a lot to ask for, though. But good for him. I thought he deserved to get in. I thought there's a lot of guys that should have gotten in. If not this year, at least in the years coming. It's kind of weird to see a one-man class. Yeah. Be all by himself. So props to him, and good for us you know, Reds fans that have some kind of something to be happy about. That'll do it right there. That'll help. Hall of Famers. Other than that, I'll wait for the next, I don't know, eight years when Votto gets in. Waiting with bated breath. College ball. How about Amani Bates today? 29 straight points. How does that happen? Like every scoring play 
was Amani Bates. Amani Bates. Amani Bates. For 29 points. Does the opposing coach not like triple team this guy? Ah, dude, I'm putting all five of my guys on him. Have to. Just to stop that. Yeah, kill the streak. Yeah. Make somebody else shoot the ball. After 20 points straight, you're getting five teamed. After 10, we got to talk. We're going to double. After 20? Okay. All five. All five. I might even send the bench guys out there. We're going Jordan rules. I might have have 15 guys on the court. They don't call it. (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. Exactly. Other than that, we've not followed college ball a whole lot this year. But... With the NFL winding down, basketball going strong, March Madness coming up, now is the time to start being heavy in the basketball world. Yeah, Purdue is back in the number one spot. Zach Eady, probably player of the year. Dude, seven foot four. Yeah, averaging 90. 22, 13, and two and a half blocks. He's projected a second round pick right now. Which is crazy. I know you haven't watched a lot of film or games of him, but. He's going to make an impact in the NBA, right? With, his, With that size and that weight. I'll, I'll watch. I'll have to watch a couple games or watch some highlights or something to see how mobile he is, how fast. If he's Not very fast. If he's uber athletic, then we're talking, right? We're talking like Shaquille O'Neal type player. It's a little high ceiling. No, no, no. It's a high ceiling, but it's going to be that type of player. Yeah. Right? If he's not super fast, then we get more of in that Andre Drummond realm. Which isn't bad. It's just niche for the league today. Yeah, I don't think he'll be the guy in NBA like he is in college. Because right no, now, but he'll be a great piece. Yeah, most teams don't have anybody that matches up to a guy seven foot four. You know, so no, he's, he's and not two hundred and ninety pounds either. He has good footwork. He's a decent free throw shooter too. Which you know, at that size, you kind of have to have. Hopefully, he can shoot middies. He's not a bad shooter. so Yeah, I think he's going to adapt that even more. Yeah, we might be working with something then. With NBA he could coaching. Have future, uh, potentially high ceiling. Uh, the only thing I worry about with guys that big is injuries. Of course. Yeah, but it helps that he so, is a little heavier. I know it it's does. worse on the knees, but it is worse on the a knees, guy like but Holmgren or you know, Victor yeah, Wemba Yama Yama Yama. It's better for the physical style of play to not get bullied, Yeah, which wears down your body. So, other than that, my Buckeyes are trash. Yeah, Kentucky's They've not playing lost too great. Six out of seven. I know we have nine losses. I think thirteen and nine, or sixteen and nine, or something. Yeah, I think we're two and five now in conference. But uh, which is not ideal. Yeah, we're we're uh, get ready, strap up the uh, strap up your bootstraps because it's basketball time at Sports and Stogies. Yeah, we're in conference play. Conference tourneys coming up, and March Madness is always one of the best times of the year. And then, obviously, you know, NFL offseason coverage every week. Um, just a whole lot of back and forth between me and Austin. A lot more cigar talk, a lot more whiskey, bourbon, scotch talk. And more off-topic kind of stuff. And more off-topic kind of stuff. Which we got to mention, we are going to go ahead with the one-too-many show. Absolutely. I think we go with like a like an ask me anything kind of deal there, where viewers can submit some questions about anything, any topic. We'll be a little tipsy and talking can, about uh, whatever. We can set aside a segment for that. Um, do you have a week for that in mind? Uh, we'll have to plan it the out. The week before the Super Bowl, maybe. Uh, maybe we'll we'll see. 
We'll see what we can do. Either way, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm super excited. Be a much more fun, off-topic, off-the-rails, who-knows-what's coming. Yeah, and shout-out to my uncle. Uh, he oh, said yeah, yeah, I mentioned that. He's going to – he asked us one. He said he'll buy us any three bottles we want. So me and Austin came. I asked him, and he's like, you know, just let him surprise us. See what he can come up with. So I told him that. He said he's going to get to it. So here comes a Pappy Van Winkle, 23-year-old. Goes for about three grand, MSRP. <laughs> yeah, right. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what he comes up with, and uh, we'll share the bottles he brings us and let you know what we think about them. Well, obviously, we can do a testing or tasting live. On the show. Yeah. While recording. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll get it done. Yeah, I'm excited for more, like, off, off non-sports related kind of talk. But we still got sports related kind of talk. Let's talk close but no cigar. Couple candidates. But, but I, I think I, uh, I, you I, locked in one that's a little bit out of left field, a little unexpected. I, for I brought this one, brought this one up because I was at my dad's last night. My stepmom was talking about this, and I'm like, "No, I didn't see that." But it was the Vanderbilt, Arkansas women's college hoops game, and um, so Vanderbilt takes the ball up the court with you know 10 seconds left, banks in a deep three. You know, to there's, tie the game. There's four. Yeah, to tie. They're going to OT. They think they're going to OT. Crowd's going wild. Arkansas has four seconds left on the clock. They manage to get down court and take probably a 35-footer, banked it in, win the game, just crushed that buzzer, just trading buzzer. You don't ever see that. Back-to-back back off the bank. You don't ever see that. In, in NBA, college men, college women, you never see that. High in basketball. Ball, nowhere. And that that was just way too crazy of a play not to bring up on the show. Vanderbilt women. Close. But no cigar. Bums. I started off, you know what mine are going to fucking be. Yeah, Dak Prescott. Okay, don't spoil it. Jesus. I mean, oh, I guess I, it was probably pretty obvious already. And we're in the bums segment. So well, yeah, but I said you start off with your bum and I'll get to mine. Oh, I thought you said I, you didn't say that. but I thought it was pretty clear. I got Jamal Agnew. That was rough. That fumble on a potential, I mean, the momentum's changing. Potential, you beat the Chiefs. In their own home. In their own home. And you don't get it done. Tough. You had a great return before that, and then you had 10-yard line, coughs it up. Boom. Season over. Now let's let you Boom. ran on about Dak a little bit. No, we're going to start with the Brazilian fans at UFC 283 for not just throwing stuff at Brandon Moreno, after he won and walked off. Not a good look. And then when Glover lost and he's in the octagon giving his retirement speech and everybody left. It's a national hero, one of the greatest fighters ever, Hall of Famer, retiring live in front of you and you're going to walk away? Yeah. And then Glover had to say, hey, I'm going to walk out with Jamal, so don't throw anything at him. Respect the guy. He shouldn't have to do that. No. Especially after he just retired. But props to Glover for being, again, the one of the most stand-up guys in the sport. Oh, 100%. Constant pro, heart of gold, chin of granite. Yeah. Uh, I'd say chin of diamond. So, yeah, bum of the week, Brazilian fans in general. You are number two. Gabe Davis dropped that dot right over the shoulder. 
that Josh Allen threw and just crushed all the momentum they had that drive. Yeah, and that could the rest of the game totally changed the game if he makes that grab. Your turn. Yeah, I debated. Do I want to go the entire Cowboys team, McCarthy, Kellen Moore, Jerry, myself for Being subjecting myself to fan. this again? Uh, at the end of the day, though, it all falls on the shoulders of Dak J. Prescott. One two of picks. Few, one of two Cowboys players we have a picture oh, of. Do I dare take that picture down? We have a picture of in the studio. I'm glad it's on my wall behind me so I don't have to see it while been, we're on air. Every time you talk about the Cowboys, I look right at those two pictures. You see Zeke, and you think of him getting pushed over. Yep. And you see Dak. Think and think of him throwing two picks, which, again, pretty much lost the game. Could have gone Dalton Schultz. Could have gone, again, the entire team or whatever. But I'm just so numb to it all, I guess. I'm so indifferent. That Dak, man, he's staring at you. He is, too. I can feel it. <laughs> he is staring right at you. Bum. Absolute oh, bum. Man. Early bum of the year candidate. Whoa. Dak Prescott. Uh, you'll have your hope back in him when he's throwing 4,000 yards in the regular season and 30 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. And you're going to be like, oh, we them boys. And then. Okay, to be fair, I've never once said we them boys seriously. <laughs> no, I hate haven't. that. I yeah, hate it. It's, it's the worst yeah. slogan among any fan base. Uh, we them boys. What does that mean? I don't know. Plus, I never spell them. It's always we them boys yeah. with a Z. What was it 2006? <laughs> Jesus Christ, get with the program, dude. We them boys. Soldier really? Boy wrote that slogan, actually. Probably. But again, it's 2023. Where's Soldier Boy at? <laughs> Still rich. Probably not cheering for Dallas. Uh, he probably He's made. not a loser. Yeah. He... <laughs> we them boys. Woo! <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Sick of this shit. Oh, man. 10 out of 10. Uh, at least we provide entertainment for every other team in the league. That's true. There's nothing people love more than watching Dallas lose. Yeah. I mean, go on Facebook, Twitter, all the comments. Yeah. They'd love it. Oh, well, who's America's team now? We haven't been America's team in like in my lifetime, for sure. Or they always mock. They're like, you know, the Niners are them boys. That's who. Uh, yeah. They <laughs> got our number. Yeah. Whatever, man. Bring on college basketball. And even then, I can't even. Buckeyes are Whatever, terrible. man. That's uh. What do I have to look forward to? The Reds are gonna suck. That's good. Yeah. That's Buckeye good. football. Come on next year, I guess. Uh, yeah. Get a new kicker. I need a new team, man. Need a lot of new teams. Uh, just, I really think just MLB. Uh no, I can't. I, I I know you can't, but that would be the team that if you if you were to replace one, that would be the one because. The NFL, you know, the Cowboys are good in the regular season. You're amped up, excited. Yeah, they shit the bed in the postseason. But right after the postseason, if you were a Yankees fan, you're super hyped up all baseball season. Yeah, but the thing is, with the Reds, we know they're going to be bad. I don't get my hopes up. It's just fun to go out and watch a meaningless ball game in the middle of July when they lose 9-2. to two. You know? Does it suck? Yes. But at least you're not expecting to win a World Series. Whereas Dallas, same thing every year. I mean... Do you expect them to win a Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's your mistake, bro. I got my hopes up. Just to be heartbroken Which again. Which you said you weren't going to do. I know, but I can't help myself. 
Yeah, they looked so good. The Cowboys are like that girlfriend you have that you think, man, this could be the one. God, they even looked good in the first. Oh, yeah. In the wild card game. Before all the uh, red flags come God, out. Dak looked great. You're like, wow, what am I missing out? This this chick's perfect. She <laughs> she knows me. She speaks to me. I, I, I can feel it. And then all of a sudden, the, the curtain's pulled back. You're like, oh, damn, this chick is crazy. You go in her room, and she's got a shrine and sacrificial... <laughs> Uh, sacrifices at the base of the shrine and it's just a picture of you. Yeah. Or she's you walk in and she's with another guy. That's probably what it feels like. A guy like named Brock Purdy. He's <laughs> shitting all over you. He's eating your food. He's in your bed. <laughs> He's eating your food. <laughs> He's driving your truck. It's like, man, what, what can I do, you know? Oh, man. Any shout-outs this week? Uh, just the normal... Ohio Cigar Mafia, excited to get these interviews in. Uh, the Southeastern Guide Dogs, excited to get that interview in. Uh, Tip Top, excited for to meet Greg and get that interview in. Yeah, you haven't met Greg yet, have you? No, I have not. Not yeah. face-to-face. Yeah. Um, excited to go down to Lexington. Can't wait for that. Do some networking and passing out some business cards down there. And of course, representing the Ohio Cigar Mafia. Which in we Kentucky. just opened up, yeah, a new Arkansas chapter and a Virginia, Virginia chapter. chapter. Very cool. Spreading the word, man. Again, great cause, great people. And they say it every week almost. That's the main goal. It's not just a cigar club. Yeah, post your pictures, have fun, enjoy your smokes. But at the end of the day, there's a bigger picture here. And I know me and Cam both are super honored to be a part of that movement. Keep going. I'm going to find the mission statement and read it. I was going to post that, actually. Yeah, go ahead and um, yeah, pull it up if you can and read the whole thing. Um, again, we're honored to have gotten brought into that group thanks to Tip Top, actually. Yeah. And uh, they welcomed us with open arms, and now we're uh, being blessed to be able to sponsor one of their events. So, All right, I got it way. right here. Everybody, open your ears just so you can see exactly what, I mean, this is exactly what it is. The Ohio Cigar Mafia was started in 2019. We were a backburner family until the end of October 2022. When changes didn't fit our values, we decided the right time the time was right to pull the anchor and set sail on our own, and we have not looked back. A family of cigar and pipe enthusiasts, we have remained locked in our mission to serve those who served us through Southeastern Guide Dogs' Pause for Patriots. We have dug the foundation which we started in 2019 and going on our fourth year we have began to build towards our goal. With the generosity of our members and supporters both within, from within the cigar and pipe industry and the supporters outside of the industry, we have made an impact of the lives of, of, the lives of our disabled veterans with providing support to Southeastern Guide Dogs. We see the number 22 on our logo which represents the 22 veterans a day who surrenders to their demons, which is a much higher, which is probably much higher if a recent study was done. When a veteran loses hope, they lose everything. And we know Southeastern Guide Dogs provides hope with their amazing, highly trained guide service therapy facility and Gold Star Family Dogs. These dogs are trained for two years and are given as gifts to veterans with disabilities, a child with special needs, and a Gold Star family who lost a loved one while serving, and to a veteran's family who lost a loved one who surrendered to their demons. 
Over the last three years, our family club organization has taken our cigar, has taken our cigar pipe family members and held some great events for Southeastern Guide Dogs as they received no government funding. 2023, we have raised the bar. As members of the Heroes Council and the Cornerstone Society, we made a commitment to curve and bring awareness to our veterans with needs. A cigar club in Ohio has made a mark down in Palmetto, Florida, where these dogs are bred, born, and trained to provide hope, mitigate some of the most horrific events from PTSD. The OCM is a family with many veterans and first responders involved in our mission, a cigar family slash club organization, Whatever you want to call us, we stand alone in who we are and what we involve ourselves with. If you've never been to an Ohio Cigar Mafia event, we would like to invite you and you to any one of our 2023 events. We promise you that you won't leave disappointed. As we always say, this club slash organization slash family isn't for everyone, and we understand that, but those who support our mission, we are truly blessed and we appreciate you and your generosity. Welcome to the Ohio Cigar Mafia. That's it right there. And you'll hear a lot more about that from Brian and John when we interview them. No better cause we can get behind no, than not what at the all. OCM's doing. Yeah, I'm so honored to be a part of this organization or club or family, whatever you want. It's all all the same thing. Yeah. And I know, you know, they're working on um opening their like starting a non profit under the O'Hara Cigar Mafia name. Um, they've got all the things in place. The only thing they need is an accountant. So, yeah, here soon, checks will be made out to the OCM. They'll have their own bank account. It'll all get funneled straight to Ohio, the Southern, Southeastern Guide Dogs. And, again, they're doing, we're talking, last year I think they did 60 grand. They've already done, I think they already have 20 this year or something crazy. And it's a group of, what, 180 guys and girls? Give or take. Yeah, small group getting a lot of things done. If you guys want to reach out and be a part of that or contribute in any way, let us know. We'll put you in touch with people who you need to get in touch with. How many passes do we get for sponsoring? Is it two? Um, we get three, I believe, on that in this category. Yeah, I'll probably reach out to my uncle and see if he wants to come with us. For sure. Or if you have an uncle in mind or something, I don't. I don't know if we're if we use two of those. Yeah, I'll get with Brian in yeah, the upcoming months because I'm sure we could fill three. Yeah, for sure. And definitely get some guys in that can see what it's all about. Yep, great cause. With that, Cam, what do we always say here at SNS? Sports and Stogies to the moon. <laughs> <laughs>